0: So, at the moment, we are in between seasons here on the show, but while we're waiting for our next official season to begin, we thought that this would be a great time to pull some of our favorite episodes out of the Girls' Night Archive. This is a great time to catch up on episodes you might have missed throughout the years or to listen to old favorites all over again. Our guests are incredible. I know that I learn something new each time I listen to an episode, even if it's one I've heard a million times before. But before we dive into our featured episode for today, there is something super exciting that I wanna tell you about. So there's a little bit of a backstory to this and here's what it is. So there's nothing I love more than a girl's trip. Friendship plus travel, is there anything better? Nothing leaves me feeling more inspired, more rested, or more like my very best self than an adventure with my best girls. It's truly my favorite form of self-care. I was meeting up with my best friends at a lake in Minnesota this last summer when we decided that we needed matching girls trip shirts. Wanted? No. Needed? Absolutely. The problem was we couldn't find anything we liked. We couldn't find anything that was our style, first of all. And then many of the shirts we did find had phrases we just really didn't resonate with. We ended up buying shirts that none of us were particularly excited about, but that worked for a photo or two. And it was while I was on that girls trip, wearing that T-shirt, that an idea came to me. They say that if you can't find the thing you're looking for, maybe you should make it. And so that's what I did. You guys, I am so proud of this and I've had so much fun working on it. And now I'm so excited to get to share this little passion project with you. So without any further ado, officially introducing the Girls Trip gift shop. In the shop, we have super fun Girls Trip shirts, sweatshirts, beach towels, and more to match with your friends and your style. Whether you're dusting off your passport, planning a weekend away, or a staycation at home, these t-shirts and sweatshirts make for the perfect accessory and souvenir. They also make for truly incredible Girls Trip photos. We made sure of it. To check out this brand new shop and to see all the designs that we've been working so hard on for months, just go to girlstripgiftshop.com. Again, that's girls girlstripgiftshop.com. And for a limited time, if you use the promo code GIRLSNIGHT at checkout, it'll give you 10% off your order. Again, that's girlstripgiftshop.com. And the promo code for 10% off your first order is Girls Night. Friends, here's to more adventures with the people we love and to wearing really cute shirts along the way. Okay, now without any further ado, let's dive into the episode. All right, friends, I am so excited for who we have on the show today. I am sitting here with my dear friend Janine. Janine, welcome back to Girls
1: Night. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to be here for a third time. I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: I feel like it's pretty appropriate that we have you back um, because we've talked about this in your previous episodes, but like truly, I-, I had been sitting on the idea to start a podcast for a while, but it wasn't until you and I went to dinner that I was like, okay, my friends are amazing and I need <sighs> to be part of the coolest, most inspiring, most encouraging conversations. I need to start recording these. Mm-hmm. Um, it really was our conversation over dinner. I was like, I wish I could have... Sh- one, saved this so that I could go back and listen, but then also like share it with friends. And so anyway, I feel like so much of the Girls' Night podcast can be traced (laughs) back to you. So I'm so glad to have you back.
1: I I always think about that. I obviously cannot believe that that was like six years ago or whatever the crazy number is nowadays. Yeah. But I do always think about like, what a sweet serendipitous night that was Mm -hmm. and love that it, um, one, you know, kind of affirmed that you needed to do this. But then two, created a friendship which is so so no,
0: great. <laughs> I know. I know I love it. Um so uh, for women who don't know you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do and a fun fact about yourself?
1: Sure, of course. Hi everyone. I'm Janine. I live in Nashville like Stephanie. Um although I'm from California, I always like to say that cuz I love my home state. I'll probably never move back, but I love it. Um I'm 32. Almost just said I was 33, which is aging myself, which I'm not going to do. I'm 32. Um, I'm single, mostly by choice, partly by circumstance. That's another story for another day. Um, I have a sweet dog named Amos, who I adopted during the pandemic. So I am part of that stereotype who got a dog (laughs) during COVID. He's the best, though. And I'm also a travel planner and content creator, mostly kind of focused on the travel slash faith space. Um, And okay, so this is the third time I've been on your podcast, which blows my mind. Um, I had to go back and make sure I didn't repeat a fun fact because I totally would have. So a fun fact, this kind of feels like a cop out, but I spent two years solo traveling around the US and Europe. So I think that's my fun fact for this episode. That's
0: a great fun fact. (laughs) And it's totally appropriate for what we're talking about. Yeah. I love this topic because I know that for the women listening, I have just this fierce and incurable case of wanderlust. Mm -hmm. I love travel with everything in me. It is the most inspiring thing to me. It's the most exciting thing to me. It's a way that I really learn a lot about myself. It's a mm-hmm. really great way for me to connect with God. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do with Carl, with my girlfriends. We're starting to to learn how to take the baby's places, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, but travel just really has, has played an absolutely irreplaceable part in my story, a mm-hmm. role in my story. And, um, I love that we have that in common. And one of the things that I know is true about a lot of our listeners is that they have a passion for travel too, or would like to have a passion for travel. But it is an expensive hobby. And it's a time-consuming hobby. And it's an intimidating hobby. It's The barrier to entry is, is pretty high. And it's something you have to like... Uh, It gets easier, but like also you still have to do the logistics. You still have to pay for the plane ticket every time. And so it is kind of a hard thing. And so that's why I wanted to to bring you on the show. I love the travel that you've been doing. And my favorite thing is that you've been doing a lot of it by yourself. And that's the other piece is that not only do we have to pay for travel and find the time for it, but a lot of times, like this is absolutely true for me. It has been true in different seasons. Like we don't have someone to go with. Yeah. And so like, you know, you may be in a different season of life than your friends or have different budget than your friends or have different priorities than your friends at different mm-hmm. times. And so it, finding people who are in the exact right spot as you, who want to go to the same places as you is really hard. And you haven't let that stop you. And so I want to like back up in your story. <laughs> Tell me, how did travel become such a regular and important part of your life?
1: It's a really, really good question. Um, I think... When we first chatted, the first episode I was on, um, I had like just finished paying off my student loans um, and then I'd spent a year kind of saving up because I knew I wanted to do a little traveling and then I quit my job to pursue doing that. And it was terrifying. <laughs> um, to backtrack a little, I I knew when I got out of debt that I wanted to celebrate somehow. And so I told myself, hey, I'm gonna go to London for two weeks. I've always wanted to go. It's gonna be amazing. Um, and it kind of just morphed into, which I'll get into in a little bit, but like I ended up kind of feeling like I was supposed to travel longer. I kind of had like a gut instinct, which felt very silly at the time, but I said yes to it anyway, Um, which, like I said, kind of required me quitting my job. Um, It was a complete leap of faith, um, but I felt something just kind of deep in my bones telling me that I needed to travel longer than the two weeks I had for paid time off at my current, the job I was in at the time. So kind of long story short, I ended up spending quite a bit of time solo traveling around Europe. I did a four and a half month trip to start and ended up getting a part-time remote job, which allowed me to, um, I kind of had a decision to make. Like I got this job and I was like, well, okay, I can move somewhere um, and keep doing this job. Or since I don't have the overhead expense of rent and stuff right now, I could continue traveling. So I decided to continue traveling and did some stateside travel, visiting friends and family, um, did a big road trip out to Nashville from California and back and all sorts of things. I went back to Europe uh, for another four months. And at the end of that, it was about two years. um, I kind of was ready to have a place to call my own. And so landed back in Nashville. um, And it was only a few months before COVID hit, which obviously I couldn't have predicted or imagined that that would happen but i'm so grateful for the timing um that i landed somewhere totally by the grace of god because again like i had no idea that was going to happen but it was just so beautiful and it was the right timing and everything like that. Um, So while I didn't travel nearly as much, just like everyone else, we didn't really travel in 2020, um, maybe a little bit here and there to see family and friends. Um, And same goes for 2021. I really just spent some time visiting friends in, um, where did I go? North Carolina. I went to New York City. I did spend a week in Alaska last summer and that was pretty incredible. But but beyond that, I didn't do nearly as much travel as I had previously. But what was really cool was last summer, I found myself um, kind of in a position to help others with their own dreams for travel, which is not something I thought that I would get to do apart from just sharing about my own travels on Instagram, essentially. But a friend reached out to me who um, had never traveled solo, but really wanted to take a trip to New York City for her 30th birthday and didn't want that limitation of not having another person to go with her to keep her from doing it. And so, um, yeah, she came to me and she's like, I want to pay you to help me. And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm very bad at receiving. And I was like, you do not have to do that. She's like, no, you have expertise. You have stuff you can teach me and help me so that I can feel confident to go do this. I want to. I want to pay you. And so I was like, oh, gosh, okay. It was very uncomfortable. But it was so wonderful to get to work with her and kind of help her not only plan, but like execute her trip. She calls me her hype girl because she would, when she was on the trip, she'd post on Instagram and things. And I'd like comment and react to her stories and just be like so stoked for her doing something that she once thought would be extremely scary, extremely daunting. Didn't know if she could do it, but she was doing it. Um, So yeah, it's been really cool to see something that I would just personally passionate about and experience in having, having, you know, solo traveled myself for an extended period of time, turning that into something that like I can use to now help more and more people explore the world, um, ideally more confidently and more easily as a travel planner. So it's really fun because I get to still travel myself while helping others do it as well, and it's just kind of a really cool for, full circle moment. Um, so I guess yeah, that's kind of how travel started being a big thing and continues to be a big thing in my life.
0: I love that. (laughs) Well, yeah, so we talked about, you know, it's It's really frustrating when you have these dreams of going somewhere, doing something, and you don't have someone who can go with you. Mm -hmm. And this can happen for so many different reasons. Like, it's not that you don't have people. It's not that you don't have people who love to travel, but all it's like all the stars have to align Mm -hmm. for someone to be able to like take the same amount of time off as you and like not have... Already spent that time elsewhere, or to have that in their budget at the same time that you do. It's just a lot has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that. Like, I love the independence of getting to say, I want to go to this place and I'm going to go to this place mm-hmm. um, instead of like, it, it's just such a quicker path to getting to explore the world, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to know, like, before you traveled solo, how did you feel about it? Mm-hmm. And then now that you've done it, like, how do you feel about it now?
1: such a good question. The truth is, before I did it, I was terrified. <laughs> I was really, really scared um, at the thought of solo travel, especially, you know, the potential for long-term solo travel. Um, I, there were just a lot of questions I had to ask myself. And it was just thinking of like being alone for that much time was a little daunting. I'm a little bit more on the introverted side of the scale. So um, I don't mind being by myself, but, but that's in like small doses, right? <laughs> for like weeks on end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for one, I had to think like, there's a lot of time of loan. Am I going to be lonely? Um, how will I make sure I'm safe? Will I get bored? You know, all these sorts of questions that I kind of had to ask myself. And I just didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen or how I was going to feel. So I decided it would be a good idea to kind of test the waters, so to speak, and take a couple... Shorter solo trips. So, my first one, I went to New York City and I actually visited a friend who lived there, but she worked during the day. So, I took that as like, okay, during the day, I'm going to go explore on my own and then we'll regroup at night. So, kind of, you know, kind of eases you into the solo travel world. And I was okay, New York City, biggest city in the US, have to navigate public transit. This feels like the best way to do it. And I ended up loving it. And it was the perfect way to kind of start into that kind of figuring out how to get around on your own and making decisions for where you're gonna go, what meals you're gonna eat, all those sorts of things. Um, And a few months later, I then decided, okay, let's test the waters on international travel. Um, And I was back living in California. It was before I was about to go to Europe. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to Vancouver, British Columbia, because it's another country, another currency. Um, They speak English, which makes it a little easier. But I was like, hey, this is gonna be a good way to kind of figure out if I can do this too. And it ended up being... I was intimidated by that trip because it was also winter. It was like March, so it was like snow and all the things. But I was like, I'm going to do it. And it it was amazing. I Mm -hmm. um, was able to navigate their public transit. I had done just a little bit of research on things I wanted to do in restaurants and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I was there for four days and it was wonderful. you. Thank goodness I ended up enjoying it because I was supposed to leave figure up like a month later. So. Oh my gosh, you're like, and I hated
0: it and now I have to do this. Yeah.
1: The timing would have been <laughs> a little rough had it not worked out. But um, yeah, I just, I loved both. They, they both helped to give me some confidence and some confidence I, I needed. But also you know, the knowledge that I'm actually a lot stronger, more capable than I realized of doing hard things, um, which I think is like the journey of life is we're constantly figuring that out. Um, But yeah, I kind of had a little bit of affirmation like, yeah, I think I can do this. And it made the thought of taking a longer trip a lot more, I don't know, realistic and feasible and more exciting than scary. Um, What's really interesting is I think we talked about this on maybe the second episode we did, but I've learned that kind of when you find yourself in that spot where it's you know, you're approaching something or looking at an opportunity and you're both like really excited by it, but a little bit scared by it at the same time. It's kind of this perfect sweet spot. I think um, it usually means that something in you is being ignited um, Mm -hmm. while also, you know, you can't do it on your own. And, you know, as women of faith, there's the element of trusting in God and having faith in God to come through and be with you through those things. And so, yeah, I love being in that little sweet spot where it's both exciting and a little bit scary because it means God has to do something. Um, And so I love, like, that's just such a fun thing. Um, Okay, so now to answer the second part of the question. Now that I have done it for a while, and how, how do I feel about solo travel now? I continue to love it. <laughs> I literally just a couple of weeks ago got back from a two week solo trip. I went back to Europe for the first time in a couple of years and I did it like full speed. I did four countries, eight cities in two weeks. I've learned that it's possible, but maybe people shouldn't travel like that. It was a lot. It was really exhausting. Yeah, you come I, home really tired. I, yeah, I was like, oh man, I can't believe I did you know this many places in that amount of time. Felt like I lived 12 lives in two weeks, pretty much. But yeah, it's my favorite way to travel. I've learned. I also love traveling with friends. Group trips are so much fun. There's a lot more to the planning process, though, when you travel with other people um, in terms of One, money and budgets, but then two, just like figuring out what to do and where to go, all those sorts of things. So I think I favor solo travel, but I'm open to traveling with friends all the time. But I love that solo travel kind of pulls you out of your comfort zone every time. It doesn't matter how much you do it how often you do it, anything like that. It pulls you a little bit more out of your comfort zone and it gently forces you to be more flexible, to learn how to go with the flow, which was something I really needed to learn um, a few years ago, especially. But then also it helps you grow in some really cool ways that you might um, not have otherwise. And so, yeah. And it's I love it too because it's basically how my now travel business got started was just because I decided and said yes when I felt like God told me to go take a big solo trip. And um, like I said, it's a really full circle moment. And uh, my mentality now is if I can just help one other single woman or any woman really feel like she can do it if she wants to, I would consider all of the mishaps and misadventures that I've experienced because there are definitely a few. Um I would consider them all totally worth it because I know when you come out of a solo trip the the confidence and the the belief in yourself that you end up having is just I can't even put words to it, but it definitely just makes you realize how strong and capable you are of doing hard things.
0: I love that so much. <laughs> One of the things that I was thinking about is it's a really great opportunity to practice two things that I think we're generally bad at as women and there are definite exceptions to this. Not all of my friends are bad at this, but I I it's something I've really been working on over the years is figuring out what I want and communicating what I want. When it's only up to you to decide like what do I want for dinner? What do I, you know, where do I want to go? What do I want to see? Like you actually have to get in touch with your heart and your mind and your body. And like, those are things that are, that's really hard for us. You know, there's no one else to accommodate. Um, And so you actually get to say like, you know, what do I want to eat for dinner? And, but you also have to say what you want to eat for dinner. And I think that that's a really (laughs) great exercise in getting to know yourself better and then Mm -hmm. advocating for yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. I will say, (laughs) just as a funny thing, when I was on some of the longer trips, I did hit bouts of like decision fatigue, where I was like, I do not want to have to think about where I'm eating. Cause you know, two to three meals a day thinking about that was a became a lot. So there were a few times, <laughs> this is like so embarrassing to admit. I've said it on Instagram, so I can say it here, but there were some nights where I was like, I'm just going to McDonald's. I'm in Paris and I'm going to McDonald's, but it's what's happening because I don't want to think about it. Um, (laughs) so the decisions can become a lot, but the more, if you can do a little bit of research on the front end, it makes making decisions a little bit easier once you're actually traveling.
0: That is, Carl and I were just talking to someone about that, about uh, fast food in other countries, and we will both say Mm -hmm. we think it's better. Oh, it is. And like, I mean, I have absolutely... I ate a lot of McDonald's in Thailand. Like it just, (laughs) it happened to be, you know, where we were working. Mm -hmm. There was a McDonald's at the end of the road that for some Mm -hmm. reason it was better. It'd be like the end of the day and we'd be hungry. Um, And then also probably my worst claim to fame. (laughs) When you're gone, uh, when you're away from home for a really long time, having something that just tastes familiar. Yes. Especially if you're in a country that like the flavors are really different from the ones you're used to. Mm -hmm. It is so comforting to have something that's familiar. And so um, we actually found a Chili's. In uh India, <laughs> in Bangalore. And when I tell you that we devoured that skillet queso, and it was like the best thing ever. And, like I'm it's true. It is really true. No,
1: it's very true. Yeah. And especially like you said, when it's long term and you're like, I just want something where I know I know what I'm getting. I don't have to make a ton of decisions. It's sometimes it's the it's the right thing to do in the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay, so did you I want to know two of the things that you mentioned, two of the kind of the fears were being lonely and Mm -hmm. then safety. And so I want Mm -hmm. to just talk about those things really quick. Like, did you feel, like, do you feel lonely when you're traveling? And kind of what do you do about that? So yeah, let's start
1: there. Yeah, that's a great question. Yes and no. It really depends. So I think the longer your trip is, the more um, room there is to feel lonely. But there are definitely things that you can do to... One, get out of your comfort zone a little, but two, meet other people. So um, one of my favorite things, especially in Europe, um, hostels are a great way to meet other solo travelers. Um, And there are so many, I think hostels for a really long time got a really bad reputation of like being unsafe or unclean or anything like that. But, you know, there are so many really wonderful, beautiful, kind of like boutique hostels out there, especially in Europe, like I said. Um, even just on my recent trip, I stayed in the same hostel in Rome that I stayed in last time I went. And it's beautiful. It has like a rooftop and the rooms are super nice. And I met other solo female travelers. I always do female-only rooms just because that's my my jam. <laughs> um, and it's great because I meet all these other solo travelers. And what was really interesting... Was last time I went, the solo travel demographic was kind of early 20s. So I was kind of on the higher end. I was like 27, 28. Didn't really matter. Nobody cared. But I was meeting people from Australia and uh, New Zealand and Denmark and all over um, in the US, of course. And you end up hanging out with those people for the days that you overlap. Sometimes you end up with friends for life. There's still people I talk to now who I met, you know, staying in hostels. But even on this recent trip, the demographic was actually older. Um, There was a 33-year-old, a 28-year-old, I'm 32. And then the youngest, I think, was 24. But we all went and got dinner together. So it was really cool. You get to meet other people and um, share stories. And even one day, I went to lunch, and I was solo, and there was a girl solo sitting next to me. And I don't usually engage in conversation because, again, like I said, a little more introverted. But I just turned to her and I was like, hey, how's that pasta? And we just got to talking. She was solo traveling. We're connected on Instagram. We stay in touch now. So it's really cool because there are definitely ways to meet people. You can also always, um, you know, choose to talk to someone in a cafe, or if you happen to be somewhere on a Sunday, maybe go to a local church. I did that in Barcelona a few years ago. I went to a church, ended up meeting people, and then I went salsa dancing with them. So you know, things that I couldn't have imagined doing, but because I chose to put myself in a position where I could meet other people, um, it helped with some of the loneliness. I think a big thing too with loneliness is if you can do the work before you go travel, in terms of like being comfortable being on your own, that really helps. So I know some people avoid doing anything alone. They don't even wanna go to a coffee shop solo. And so I always say, you know, if that's something you struggle with or want to grow in, start small. So maybe maybe go to a coffee shop by yourself. And if it makes you a little more comfortable, bring your laptop or bring a book, bring something that can occupy you while you're solo. And then you can like slowly level up, so to speak. Maybe go to brunch by yourself or lunch by yourself and then go to the movies by yourself and eventually make it to dinner. I don't know why dinner is the most intimidating one, but if you can go to dinner by yourself, you can pretty much do anything by yourself. I'm convinced of. And a little tip, if you're choosing to go to dinner by yourself and you're still a little intimidated, sit at the bar. I was
0: just gonna Uh, say sit at the bar. Yeah.
1: It's the best. Mm -hmm. One, you can still like bring a book or something. A lot of people do that. Um, But two, usually you get to engage in conversation with the bartender, the person who's taking your order. Um, It helps you feel a little less alone in that. But I'm telling you, if you can like kind of move your way up up that little like, I'm not going to call it a ladder, but like, you know, those levels of doing things on your own and getting more comfortable, a solo trip will be so much easier. And I think... I would also say something I really had to learn in some of my solo travels was like acknowledging how I was feeling in the moment. Um, So if there were days where I was lonely or kind of feeling off, I really needed to admit it to myself and not try to push past it just for the sake of not feeling it. Because I think when we're honest with our feelings and our emotions, it's a lot easier to process through them and therefore move past them. And so loneliness, I think, is a part of life in general. It's definitely a part of solo travel, but there are are definitely things that you can do to make those things less lonely.
0: I love that. There are two things, when I was in college, it was kind of the peak of when my relationship with myself was the hardest and kind of the ugliest. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember kind of around the, around the time of my book, The Lipstick Gospel, when all of that was happening, mm-hmm. one of the things that I spent a lot of time thinking about was how to enjoy my own company. Because yeah. that's something that I had never done. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. friends with myself. I didn't like doing stuff by myself. I didn't like being by myself. I didn't like hearing my own thoughts. Like, I just, it's like I always needed someone else around to sort of drown yeah. out my relationship with myself. And that's something I really worked on. Like, I worked on mm-hmm. having projects that were just mine or like time that was just mine. And, you know, worked on the way that I talk to myself and the way I treat myself. Mm-hmm. And it really is so cool because now I i really enjoy my own company. And that's yeah. just something that I don't think we think about very often. The mm-hmm. other thing is that I had sort of this a, a misconception that I think a lot of us have when we get married and or move in with a roommate. Like, I mean, there are all different scenarios where we kind of have this idea, but I kind of thought that Carl was going to be around to do anything I wanted to do. Like anything <laughs> I wanted to do, he was going to be available, interested, like he's he was going to be able to do it with me. And I remember it was like this summer shortly after we got married and he had his daily schedule of like tasks was less flexible mm-hmm. than mine. And so it's the middle of the summer. I wanted to to just like take a break and go out and go for a walk or like go have lunch somewhere or like do something fun. And I remember mm-hmm. being so frustrated that he wasn't available for that. And then also feeling really lonely, like, and mm-hmm. and also being feeling really held back by that. So it was like, okay, I can't go explore the city or I can't you know, go have lunch here. I can't go on this walk because Mm -hmm. he's not available. And I realized like, even when you're married, you still do things by yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing to do things by yourself. And so I had to learn Mm -hmm. how to like have have Stephanie days and have, you know, activities that I do by myself. And even now, one of his big like hobbies is golfing, which is very Mm -hmm. time consuming. Uh, And usually happens on the weekends. And so there will be times (laughs) where he'll go golfing and like, I don't golf. So that means that I have to figure out like what I want to do. So that can be going and hanging out with a friend or it can be doing something by myself. But I really had to learn how to travel solo in in a new city by myself. Mm -hmm. And that happened like right after I got married, which is just not normally something we don't normally connect those
1: two. Yeah, no. (laughs) But yeah, it is is learning to be comfortable with yourself and enjoy your own company. It is an intimidating thing for a lot of people. But if it's something that you put even just a little bit of effort into each day, that can grow to the point where you are far more comfortable and more willing to do things on your own. Whether you're single, engaged, dating, married, anything, um, you know, even when you're married, I'm sure you can, you can, I mean, you can definitely speak to this better than I can, but you're still two individual people. Yeah. So, you know, you still have to go do some things on your yeah. own. Um, and so, yeah, getting more comfortable with yourself wherever you're at right now is always a good move because you never know what the future is going to look like for you. So-
0: And all your relationships are better for it. When your relationship with yourself is yes. better, I've like, you're able to engage with other people in such a better way also.
1: Yeah. And also like, you're amazing. So like, hang out. you should want to hang out with yourself. Yeah, Hang out with you. <laughs> you're fun.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book. And while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com
1: slash friendship.
0: Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies, and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use this directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls' Night. We love having you.
1: Another day is here, and you're
0: ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. As women, I know that we face different... It it just feels vulnerable being a woman in the world sometimes. So how do you... Is it safe to travel by yourself?
1: (laughs) Yes. Okay. I get so, so, so many questions about safety, um, whether it's in like my DMs or comments or whatever. I have a a guide to solo travel on my website that details a lot of this because I know it is a... um, it's intimidating. And we live in a world where I think for, for one, we're kind of told as women, we should be scared, even if it's like insinuated, like we should be on the lookout. And it's not unwarranted. I think, you know, there's a reason for it. But I also think it's almost hyper. um, It's almost, you know, just pushed more to the front than it might need to be. I like to remember that. I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I, I have to remind myself that bad things happen all the time anywhere. Um, it's not just going to be when I'm traveling that I should be you know aware of my surroundings or making sure that I'm staying safe. It, it needs to be no matter where I am. Um, and so I do have a few practical tips though that I found to be really helpful. One, I took a self-defense course before I went and did my first big solo trip, which I found to be... It was mostly educational, which I actually really liked. It was like 80% education, 20% action, which I... It's funny because I, I I remember some of the action parts, but I remember more of the educational parts because it's almost preventative. And so from that, and then from having traveled, here are a few of like my top tips for safety. So a big thing I like to say is do your best to look like a local as much as you can, no matter where you are. Sometimes you can't predict, you can't like control that. If you're going to a country, um, like say you're going to somewhere in Asia. And you have blonde hair and blue eyes. You're probably going to stick out because you don't look like you're from there. Um, but when you can control it, especially if you go somewhere like Europe or something like that, try to do your best to not stick out. And what I always say is, um, you know, walk confidently. Don't be looking at your phone the whole time. That definitely that won't make you look like a tourist necessarily, but. When you're looking down and you're not looking around or up and out, um, you're distracted. <laughs> and um, I think the biggest thing that you can do is be very aware of your surroundings as much as you possibly can. This is a really interesting fact that I learned in my self defense course, and it feels very awkward, but it, look people in the eye. Like when you're walking down a street or you're in, you know, you're on a subway or a train or a bus or anything like that, don't be afraid to look people in the eye. For one, it shows confidence. Um, subconsciously. But then two, I don't want this to intimidate anyone out of solo traveling, but say there was a uh, person with bad intentions. If you were to look them directly in the eye, what they think is then, oh, this person has seen my face. Like They know what I look like. And so you are less likely than to be a target. Although that rarely actually happens. But it's always good to just know in the back of your mind. A big thing else too that I always say is like, don't wear things that stand out. So like maybe don't have a giant camera wrapped around <laughs> your neck or like one of those little passport holders, you know, those sorts of things that like scream tourists. Mm-hmm. Those are just some like little practical tips. Um, like I said, don't be on your phone the whole time. I mean, I rely on Google Maps when I travel internationally for sure. But I try my best to like scan it, figure out where I'm going, put my phone away and then make my way. And if I you know, feel like I need to pull it out again, I will. But I definitely don't want to be on my phone all the time. Um, another good safety tip is to make copies of all of your important documents. So passports, credit cards, travel insurance, any of that sort of stuff. Have copies both for yourself and for somebody back home. Because then, you know, if you were to be pickpocketed, which again doesn't happen that often, or if you were to lose something, somebody has a copy somewhere so that if you needed to go to your embassy or something like that, it all makes it makes that process so much easier. And then, kind of like we talked about with the whole, Loneliness thing, if you want to kind of test run feeling safe while you're traveling, just start doing things solo in your own city. Walk around, like, like if you're in Nashville, go walk on Broadway. <laughs> go do that. Because it's it's awful. I hate going a down to Broadway for a but, lot. But <laughs> because you know it's a lot of tourists, but like go do something like that or go to a coffee shop or a restaurant solo because it will not only increase like your awareness and your confidence, but it's gonna help you stay safe. And if you can do it in your hometown, it will make it so much easier to then go out into new cities and places and feel like you're safer, you're more aware, you're more confident. So I think um, it's just important to remember that bad things can happen anywhere. Just do what you can to be aware of your surroundings. That's the biggest thing, because I've traveled with people who are not aware of their surroundings, And I'm always like, oh, no, like, let me teach you my way. (sighs) Just so I want to make sure you know what's happening around you, you know. So one of my weird practical tips is when I go to like restaurants and things like that, i like to kind of, if I can control it, position myself where um, I can see what's happening around me. I don't know if that's a control thing more than than a safety thing, but it's just helpful if I feel like I can see, you know, two thirds of what's happening around me when I'm by myself. So those are some of my more practical tips.
0: What are you like... In a restaurant, like, what are you looking for? Like, what What kind of a, like... Oh, good question. Because, so the pickpocket thing, that's, that's real. Like, and I think that that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how often that, like, that can happen anywhere. I don't know how often yes. it happens, like, in Nashville versus in mm-hmm. Barcelona or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I want to say, I feel like it happens maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe when, like... When you're in a bigger city, there's more like it's more dense. And then maybe in public transportation. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I guess maybe I say that because that's the only time that I've almost gotten pickpocketed pickpocketed was on a like train in Barcelona. And it was just a bunch Mm -hmm. of people like kind of smashed together. But that like that may not be true. I so yeah, what are you looking for? What hey, is that true? Have you found that? Do you have any like stats about that?
1: (laughs) I don't have stats, but I've seen people get pickpocketed. Um, I've saw someone get their bag taken in. Portugal. And and then I saw like a group of people who were doing this like real strategic thing in Paris, um, trying to get into people's bags. And so I think a big thing is, um, ooh, this is an interesting thing to say, but this is true. Don't be afraid of coming across as mean. And what I mean by that is I think sometimes as women, we've been We believe we need to be sweet and kind to everyone. And I don't think that's true, especially when you're traveling solo and you need to be looking out for yourself. So, you know, sometimes people will come up and say like, oh, I want to give you this thing. I want to sell you this bracelet. I want to give you this rose. It literally happened in Rome. I was just there. And someone, this man tried to give me a rose. And I was just like, no, no. And then he went and did it to the person next to me and they took it. And then he immediately was like, give me money. And so I think there's just an element of like, don't be afraid of how people perceive you, because you need to be looking out for yourself when you're traveling solo, especially. And don't worry if you come across as mean, because chances are you're never going to interact with that person again. In terms of pickpocketing, also saying just no always, is not mean.
0: Like that's something else that we not. need to like remember. Is that, yes? Like, it's okay to just say no. Like especially if you, it's a boundary. Yeah.
1: It's that's all it is. Is it's a boundary, and so it's, and it's okay and. And it's healthy to have those in any situation, but especially something like that. Pickpocketing, I think just being aware of your bag, the bag you're carrying. Backpacks are a little risky because people can get into it from behind and you don't see it. So I brought a crossbody purse with me um, that had a zipper top. Mm-hmm. So someone can't just put their hand in. They can't dig into it when I'm not looking. Um, that's always really helpful. Don't carry your really important documentation with you when you're out and about. Like, Don't have your passport on you. Because if that were to get taken, that becomes a huge headache when you're traveling. I'm always just on the lookout for... like, I look to the fringe, I guess. If there's like a group of people or something looks seedy, I just know like, okay, stay away from that. Try to stay, you know, in the the areas where there's a lot of people, but it's not like super congested, if that makes sense. It really depends on what I'm doing and where I am. But yeah, I'm just like big on like trying to make sure I have as much degree of vision as possible so that I can just be looking for things. Like, I remember being in Paris and seeing this group of people where they were, um, and it was a highly touristy area. I was in like one of the big gardens and somebody would like go up to somebody with a clipboard and ask them to sign something. And while the person was distracted, someone would come behind and like try and dig into their bag. Um, And I like just saw it happening, you know, like 30 feet away from me. And I was like, wow, it's, it's amazing how how alert you kind of have to be. So yeah, your alertness just has to be a little bit higher when you're traveling solo. But I don't ever want someone to think like, oh gosh, that's scary. It's really not that scary. It's just, you just have to be a little more alert, a little more aware. But if I can do it, anybody can do it and you can be okay. Mm. Yeah, just little practical tips for staying safe.
0: Love that. I'm really glad you mentioned a self-defense class too. I did one in college and I need to do it. I need to do another one, but I remember walking out feeling so. It was like a pretty hands on one, mm-hmm. too. There was like definitely a physical aspect to it. And so I had to like fight yeah. a guy. And I mean, he was like mm-hmm. really padded and everything. And but it was, it was yeah. really, it was a really big deal. But it, it, the intensity of the course matched the intensity of my fear at the time.
1: And mm-hmm. so getting to
0: really like figure out what to do in situations and like, feel like I could really take care of myself was just one of mm-hmm. the most empowering things I've ever done and and I think it's mm-hmm. like I wish no one ever had to defend themselves but I it know. is it's just a really nice thing to have in your back pocket
1: I think that's a good thing to say is like if your fear is really high a self-defense course is going to be an amazing thing for you to do whether or not you're considering solo travel yeah. because then you have kind of the tools and the the resources and the knowledge to know that you could handle that type of situation, hopefully, if it, were, if it were to ever happen to you, which ideally it never yeah. does. But just having the knowledge is can be so confidence building.
0: Yeah, I love that. One of the things that you have talked about a lot is is debt and saving. And I know that you had a really long journey of paying off debt in your own life. So like, mm-hmm. is it possible to travel? Like, how do we financially make it work to travel? Because... Fortunately, Mm -hmm. travel is not the cheapest of hobbies.
1: No, no. And it's only getting more expensive, it seems, especially right now. But I mean, you know, the simple answer is, yes, it is possible. Um, I think it differs depending on the person and their situation. Um, But I think the most important thing is on an individual level, just kind of knowing what your short and long-term goals are. Um, I'm not like... I like setting goals. I don't always stick to them, but I like at least having some sort of vision for what I want short-term, long-term. And I think that really helps because if travel is one of your goals, then I would encourage you to be saving for it if and when you can. My biggest recommendation, I guess, really is figuring out what your priorities are. There's a quote that I love to remind myself of often, and it is that we prioritize what's important to us. So if being in a relationship and getting married is really important to us, we're probably going to be dating, which clearly has not been important to me for a (laughs) while. Um, But then if travel is important to us, we'll make that a priority as well. So whether that means saving up for it or finding a job that gives you enough paid time off, um, or like me working remotely or working for yourself so that you can choose to travel when you want. Um, Yeah, figuring out those priorities can be really important. And if travel is a priority, I think a, a mindset is really important to have. And so Um, Something I try to do when I'm able, and it doesn't always happen, but you know, if I have a little bit of extra cash each month, then I tell myself, okay, you know, the goal is to save, let's say, two hundred dollars for travel each month if I can, and I look at that as a payment rather than a saving, if that makes sense. So it's like almost, I almost go back into like, I'm paying off debt. I have to make this payment, so I have to pay myself for my future goals of travel. Mm -hmm. It'd be the same if you're saving for a house or saving for something else. You just have to tell yourself, this is something I have to prioritize. Some practical tips, I guess, for saving for travel. I do like to try and give those because it's just kind of like lofty to say, yeah, just save for it. But um, you know, if it's something you really wanna do, you can always pick up a side hustle. I did that for many years when I was getting out of debt. I first side hustled to get out of debt and then continued to do so to save for travel. Simple things you could do, especially if you're in your 20s or in your 30s. I still do these things. Babysitting, house sitting, finding little jobs. It doesn't have to be like an actual job where you clock in, clock out. I did tutoring for a year. You could also like sell some things that you might not need. Facebook Marketplace is a great place to make a little bit of money. Um, Websites like ThreadUp or Depop or Poshmark. If you're selling goods and clothes and things like that, you can make a couple hundred bucks, which is always great. Over time, I think I think being patient with yourself is also important when it comes to saving for goals and saving for travel. You know, Don't put too much pressure on yourself to have it all figured out and saved up for in six months. That might not be realistic. So give yourself a little bit of time, but you can totally do it. I somehow, miraculously, and I don't recommend this because I was kind of a miserable human being at the time, but in 20 months, I saved $18,000, which... If I was just babysitting and house-sitting, like that math is crazy. Um, I was not, I didn't really have much of a social life. So again, I don't recommend it. But it was important enough to me to get out of debt and then to save. And so I did it and I prioritized that. I don't recommend other people do it as intensely as <laughs> I did though. Um, <laughs> but um, when it comes to to debt and travel and things like that, I definitely, I don't want to advocate anyone go into debt for travel. Like destinations are always going to be there for the most part the place you want to go to will be there in a few years. So if you, especially if you're already in debt, I would not recommend going into debt for travel. Wait until your financial situation is a little bit more stable. And then, like I said, if you can start saving for travel, that's a much better way to do it, in my opinion. Um, However, uh, usually I'm a pretty black and white person, but I don't believe in waiting for everything to, to be kind of lined up perfectly before saying yes. So, you know, it's kind of the whole like, don't, Make your financial situation worse to travel, but also don't wait till you're retired to travel. Um, there is a beautiful middle ground in there. And I think, you know, especially in the U S, we, there's this like weird. Like we feel like we have to do things in a certain order, or we feel like we have to do this, 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 and that before we can do the things we really want to do. That's not true. It's it's a roadmap a lot of people follow. It doesn't mean it has to be the one you follow. Um, like for me, I could have been saving to buy a house, but instead I prioritized going to travel for a few years and I don't regret it at all I mean in this housing market maybe I regret <laughs> it a little bit but um no I'm just kidding <laughs> I really don't um, but you know just kind of figuring it out and finding that beautiful balance in there where you're making sure you're taking care of yourself and your finances while also making sure you're not putting off some of your dreams and your 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 wants um, for a future date that might not even come um so I think there's yeah really little beautiful thing in there. It's actually something I love to do. I love helping people kind of budget for their trips because I know that can be an intimidating factor too, especially when the cost of travel fluctuates. Um, And so, yeah, it's something fun I love getting to do with my clients with travel planning is helping them kind of figure out like, what is... Uh, you know, a good estimate or a good number to have in mind and how can I make my money go as far as possible and where should I splurge versus where should I save? Yeah, it's a lot of fun to get to do that because I've learned a lot along the way. So yeah, don't go into debt, but don't wait until you're 65. That's my, that's my I two love
0: cents. <laughs> like get your house in order, but it doesn't need to be like your forever home. Like it can be like yes. a, a small starter house, you know, in your yes. in your minds and <laughs> your finances. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so speaking of like, you know, where to put your money, I know that this is like a huge topic and it depends on where you're going, but can you share just a couple things with us about budgeting, making your money stretch, where to spend, where to Mm -hmm. save?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, best budgeting tips for traveling. You know, it's probably also going to be a little specific to each traveler, depending on, you know, again, we kind of all prioritize different things. Um, So we're going to spend a little more on certain things that we think are really important. And that's going to differ between each person. I personally like to kind of save on transportation and accommodations, usually. So I don't need to fly business class. Would I love to fly business class? Yes. Is that where I want to spend my money? No. (laughs) No. I want to get to my destination safely, but I want to have more funds to then go eat really good food or do really cool, unique experiences. Um, I want my accommodations to be clean and safe and centrally located, but they don't need to be like top of the line luxury. And so my personal like mantra is... Get there safely, stay there safely, but have more money to make memories, so to speak. Some people are like, I want the luxurious five-star experience. I want a spa. I want... A pool connected to my room, that kind of thing. And if that's where you want to spend your money, that's amazing. I think it really is just about prioritizing. But if you're in, in more of a budget mindset, which is I tend to travel more on a budget, um, I again will save on transit and I will save on accommodation so that I have a little bit more for experiences. Now, do I have horror stories <laughs> of some bad transit? Yes. Or bad, I chose a bad hostel. Yes, but there are always ways to remedy that. I checked into a hostel once and I was like, "Oh, this is not my vibe. This is like young 20s party central. I'm 28 and I'm basically a grandma at heart." So, I, you know, last minute found an Airbnb which cost a little bit more, but it was well worth it just for my style of travel and my sanity and everything like that. So, canceled the hostel, went to the Airbnb. Um, I've told this story before, but I had a horrendous ferry experience getting from Italy to Croatia. Um, and I did it because it was the cheapest option. And it ended up taking 27 <gasps> hours, which when you look at it on a map, you're like, how? How did it take that long? It, it's a long story. It got rerouted to a different country, it got rerouted to Montenegro. And then we had to take a shuttle bus up to Dubrovnik. I realized after the fact, I could have rented a car and driven all the way up Italy and down Croatia in 14 hours. So I could have saved 13 hours by driving and seeing all of these countries and instead I was on an overnight ferry. It was a retrospect, it's hilarious. It's such a funny story. In the moment, it was not terrible. So there are some times where I've learned like, okay, maybe the cheapest option isn't always the best option. Um, maybe do a little bit more research. Maybe be willing to spend an extra $100 so you fly instead of take a ferry or whatever it might be. But those are definitely some good ways to save. Um, I also want to say Hostels, again, those are amazing for saving money. Um, Depending on where you go, hotels and Airbnbs are... Right now, hotels and Airbnbs are almost the same, which is kind of wild because a few years ago, Airbnbs were much cheaper. But I think um, people with Airbnbs have been slower to reopen, um, just given the times that we're in. And so they're almost the same price. So on this last trip, I stayed in a couple hotels and a couple hostels. Um, Hostels just are great though. If you can stay in a Most hostels have private rooms too, which are pretty comparable to hotels, but I like to stay in like four to six um, female-only dorms, so they're like four to six girls in a room, Um, and I think I was paying like $40 a night. And it was super nice, super clean. Again, I was meeting other solo travelers, so that's a great way to save money. Um, and then another way to save money is not feeling like you need to eat out for every meal. Um, that can get really expensive really quickly. So um, if you can do one or two meals at wherever you're staying, so if your hotel or your hostel has like a breakfast for five euro or five dollars or whatever, opt in for that. Grab a piece of fruit on your way out. You've got a snack as you're exploring. Um, Go to a bakery, get like a takeaway coffee and a croissant. That's breakfast and it costs you $6 or whatever. There are definitely some ways to save there. Or if you have the luxury of having some sort of like kitchen or kitchenette, um, a lot of hostels have like, uh, what are they called? Public kitchens. So everyone can use it. You can go to a grocery store, grab some food, make some food for yourself, save you a ton of money. Um, Those are some good ways, good practical ways to save money before and while you're traveling so that you Can make your money again go as far as possible.
0: I love that. I love that. And I'm so glad that you (laughs) told that story about the fairy because the thing that we like have to remember is that the things that are the most uncomfortable in the moment generally end up being (laughs) the funniest stories later. So you can go like, "This stinks right now," but this is going to be great story. Like that's you're you're always going to tell that story. So yeah.
1: I I I just I feel like I have to say I have two of those stories both happened in Ireland on different trips. One was, and I think you probably remember this one. one the first time I went to Ireland, my car broke down in the middle of nowhere. Um, that was fun. It wasn't fun at the time. It's hilarious now. Um, and then on this recent trip, so literally this was I don't know three weeks ago, I um, <laughs> I was down at a lighthouse on this like really remote area uh, of of Northwestern Ireland. And a bull and cows surrounded my rental car. I was down there by myself and it was like the sun was going down. It was this whole traumatizing thing. And the bull ate my windshield wiper off my rental car. <laughs> and I was um I was petrified because I don't, I'm a city girl and I wish I I love cows, but I don't know how to handle them, especially bulls. I'm like, they're territorial, right? Of over their lady, their lady cows. And so I was like, I don't know, 100 yards away, just watching it happen. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I had to call my Airbnb host. And she came down and basically rescued me. I cried. I cried when she got there. Now it's hilarious. It's hilarious. In the moment, it was so scary. Were you in the car as this was happening? Or you were? No, I was outside of it. I don't know if it would have been scary. I don't know if it would have been scarier being inside the car or not. I think I would have probably just tried to drive away, but being that I was away from the car and there was nobody else down there, I was like, I don't know what to do. I think if I, I don't want to go toward the car because I don't want to like intimidate the bull. I don't know. Again, I have they no did idea not what cover this in my self defense class. That was for humans, not for bulls. They did not. <laughs> they did not. Oh <laughs> my god, that is so amazing. That is so amazing. But again, yeah. funny. It's yeah. so funny
0: yeah. now. Um, I love that so much. <laughs> um, Janine, do you? The last thing I want to ask you, because I know that you have mm-hmm. like thoughts and feelings about this. Um, We mm-hmm. we talked about this a little bit, but I know that there are women who have dreams of traveling and they're putting them off for, mm. for one reason or another. And maybe it is like, you know, I need to get this mm-hmm. part of my life sorted out or I need to do this or whatever. But then, it, I, you know, I know for a lot of women that I've talked to, it's like, I don't want to take this trip by myself. I want to take this trip once I have a person, mm-hmm. my person to do this with. And so tell me tell me your thoughts about that.
1: Yeah, okay. This is a question that I get often too, where people are like, oh, I really, even like a, a, I have friends who are like, oh, I really want to go to this place, but I want to wait until I have a husband and we can go together and things like that. And I, I totally understand the mentality of wanting to save special things or certain dreams or destinations for quote unquote when, um, whenever whenever X happens or you know, whatever. But I think it, and this might be a hard truth to swallow for some people. Our our wins, our quote unquote wins, are not guaranteed. Um it's kind of like when I, I like to compare it to when someone says like, again, like they're gonna wait till their travel until they're retired. Um one, like you might not even live that long. Hopefully you do, I pray you do, but that's not a guarantee. Um, because life's hard and things happen that are outside of our control all the time, but um, yeah, and I think something else to think about is, you know, statistically, most people are going to get married, so that's something. That's something that's you know good if you are waiting for somebody to go do something. But at the same time, what if you know it turns out that your future partner doesn't want to travel or that's not a dream that they share with you? Because the, you know you're probably going to align on a lot of things when you get married. Doesn't mean you're going to align on everything, and so. What if that happens and then like the place you've been waiting to go, they don't even really want to go. It doesn't mean they won't go with you, but it might not be the same. So I just think there are a lot of unpredictable variables um, that exist when you're waiting for a certain time to do something that you really want to do. I try to be really gentle with people with things like that, because I know that people hold those things very closely to their, their hearts. But my real talk advice, so to speak, would be just don't wait. Like, don't wait for someday or for um, something to happen before you say yes to the things that you really want to do. Um, I think it, some things are sacred and some things you should wait for. Absolutely. But, you know, if you've always wanted to go travel to, I don't know, South Africa, or you've always wanted to zip line through Costa Rica, or you've always wanted to... Take a river cruise in Europe. Like if you have the means to do it and the desire is strong, then you should just go do it because you can always go back and do it again with your future partner. So yeah, do the the things that you feel led to do and say yes to the destinations or the trips or the dreams that you have. Because I've learned, if anything, the chances are that you were given those desires for a reason. So yeah, just say yes and stop waiting because... Um so like I said some things are worth waiting for but some things I think it's okay to say yes to yourself in your season and know that you can always do it again. So yeah that's my I love advice that. there.
0: One of my favorite cities in the whole <laughs> world is Rome and I mean a mm-hmm. giant reason for that is the fact that I met Jesus there. But it's just mm-hmm. one of my favorite places ever and um it's so cool because I mean I obviously went before I met Carl and like that was an enormous turning point in my life. Um it's cool though because about mm-hmm. 6 months Later, maybe less, like four months later, after I was there, Carl was in Rome um, with his friends doing a big trip. Oh, and yeah. we both got to have that experience separately. And um, we both were having just mm-hmm. kind of this like pilgrimage time in our life where we were finding out a lot about ourselves and about yeah. God and growing a lot. And, you know, like we've talked about so much, all of those experiences have made our individual lives so much better and our lives as a couple so much better. Mm. Um, But it's really cool. Mm -hmm. A couple years ago, um, we got to go back to Italy together and we were in Rome together and it was so much fun to get to talk about like know, what we, what we'd seen and what we'd experienced and to experience and see new things together. And just because you do something, yeah, you know, and, and the year before I got to take him back to Spain and Spain, like he'd been to Spain before, but not with me. And I'd been to Spain before, but not with him. And I got to introduce him to like my host family. And I got to, I mean, it just was this amazing, it it just, just because you've done it before doesn't mean you can't do it again. And yeah, I think we're so, every time we travel, every time we step out of our comfort zone and experience a new part of the world, meet people who are different from us, people who are the same as us in so many beautiful ways, like Mm -hmm. we are are better people because of it. And we take that into our our relationships and they're so much better for it too.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, okay. I could talk to you about this forever. I am going to link to everything, all of your information, all of your contact, everything uh, in our show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, But seriously, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being such an inspiration to all of us. Um, And I'm just so glad that our Girls' Night community gets to know you and that that you're a part of it.
1: I am so glad. I'm still like kind of flabbergasted that I get to be here one more time and talk about something that... I've, you know, has become a passion I never knew that I would have and that's to help other people, you know, realize they're just so much more capable and and they have the abilities and um they can learn the confidence to to go and do hard things and if if a hard thing to them is solo travel then I would love to get to help people realize that they can go do it. So yeah, and if anyone ever needs a pep talk or advice or wants any one-on-one help, just reach out to me on Instagram. I'd be happy to help you figure out where to go, what to do, how to make a budget, any of those things, because the world is big and God has made a lot of really beautiful things. And there's so many beautiful cultures and people um, that, yeah, and we, we have the opportunity nowadays to go and enter into those things. And so, if I can help anyone do it, I'd love to get to do that. So, thank you for having me on, Stephanie. It's always a joy to get to talk to you. I'm so love friends. Same. Thank you, friends.
0: <laughs> friends, thank you so much for listening to today's featured episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls Night. Before you go, I would love it if you do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows it suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So would you do me a huge favor and take just a quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It'll help us out so much. And thank you so much to all of you who've left those beautiful five-star reviews already. It means the world to me. All right, friends, that's all we have for today. But we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night. I'll see you then.